Welcome to another episode of In Swine Versation. Today we have a great guest, Elizabeth Hines, Extension Specialist from Penn State University. Welcome to the program, Elizabeth. Thanks. Good to be here. So tell me about your story, your journey, where you grew up, defining moments in childhood, which led you down the path to an extension specialist at Penn State University. Sure. Um, I would definitely never say that this was an end goal for me. Um, Where I grew up, I grew up in central Pennsylvania, more to the western side of central Pennsylvania than Harrisburg side, if you're familiar with PA geography at all. Uh, So in the Appalachian Mountains, what we call the Laurel Highlands. Um, Most of the agriculture in that area, uh, maybe 200 dairy cattle um, was what we're talking. We're not talking thousands of animals on site. Most of our crop farmers crop farmed uh, mountaintops, basically, rocky mountaintops. My family actually didn't grow up uh, producing animals or crops. Uh, My family owns a farm equipment dealership and a feed mill in that local area in uh, Cambria County. Uh, Around farmers and near farmers, but not actually on a farm. Um, So we grew up uh, just being aware, participating in it outside of selling equipment and feed. Um, But I did have a lot of relatives that had livestock, uh, and I always had an affinity for animals. Um, So while my brothers kind of tended towards the tractors and, you know, equipment mechanic type topics, I trended. Um, And I really just kind of bugged the heck out of my family to let me interact with any of their livestock. Um, I would say some of the bigger defining moments for me were uh, the opportunities I got to work in the tractor shop, sorting parts, getting familiar with planning equipment, um, talking to farmers about their businesses. Uh, and I also spent a summer in our feed mill uh, selling products just for home and garden, as well as selling and delivering feed. One of the bigger moments would be when I went to college. Uh, I went to Delaware Valley College. It's now Delaware Valley University. Um, in Doylestown, Pennsylvania for my bachelor's degree. Uh, At the time, it was livestock science and management, so it wasn't just considered an animal science degree, and there were small animal and livestock tracks at DelVal. From there, I had some really great mentors that pushed me into my other graduate degrees out in the Midwest, Um, and I would say that's kind of really where my career path led off. So did you want to stay in Pennsylvania, or did that just happen? I did not have to stay in Pennsylvania. No, I uh, I looked as much as I could. I think most most young people go through that phase where they think about whether or not they want to get away from home. And I I did. I really wanted to get away from home and kind of see how things were. Delval is about five hours from where I grew up um, on the eastern side of Pennsylvania. And then from there, I moved to Texas. So I was all about getting getting out of Pennsylvania. <laughs> And so what about the swine industry? How, where, where did that tie in with your job at Penn State? Sure. Um, I think something that gets asked is, when did you realize you wanted to work in the swine industry? And I, I didn't until I was there, is kind of what I would say. Um, when I was at DelVal, they had uh, farms available for the students to work on and to learn at. And I very quickly found myself in the pig barn because nobody else wanted to do that work. And I didn't have a problem with the hogs. I thought they were great. Um, That experience got me into my master's degree at Texas Tech, where we worked with pigs as the research subject. And then from there, I got a job in the swine industry working for Iowa Select Farms in Iowa. 
um, managing their research and working in the industry. And I just fell in love with the pigs and the environment and the people. It's a great industry to work in. So I know the Penn State Extension website is really clean, has a lot of good content on it. And I feel like you guys are a little bit underrated as a state for hog production. So was that your goal to build the content through your platform as a resource or how did that come about? Sure. So I didn't get to Penn State uh, until after I finished my PhD. Uh, after working in the industry for a while, I just wanted to take a little bit of a different direction. Um, Penn State hired me on as faculty and extension uh, specialist for swine. And when I got here, I realized that there had been a gap in swine education in the East, especially the Northeast, for a, a period of time that just, it almost washed away any available swine education that had been out here. Um, Penn State had gone through and redone their website, so I'm sure they'll be tickled to hear that you really like the cleanliness of the website and the way it, it works. Um, but since I got here, my, my goal has been to create education that funnels individuals to useful resources, not just YouTube videos, um, but to other extension resources around the country, as well as building that base knowledge care? How do we actually take care of a pig regardless of your situation, whether you have them outside uh, in a lean-to or in a fully automated, you know, commercial facility, how you take care of the pig itself. So how do we grow the industry in Pennsylvania? Sure. In Pennsylvania, um, I think people are really is the big thing that's needed here. Um, Pennsylvania has has the challenge of having, you know, over 12 million people in the population. So land is a premium um, producers that are out here really understand how to navigate that public versus agriculture tension that can arise in that situation. Um, and almost all of those situations need really good people. Um, we have great technology worked and studied in the Midwest for um, there's great technology, great resources, great understanding of pigs and pig production, but we need good people, good people that understand who the consumers are and the lives that they face, as well as agriculture and some of the history and traditions in agriculture, as well as willing to accept and utilize the modern technology where it fits. So you've got a lot of expertise. Uh, we're going to go through a couple of the key points that you focus on as an extension specialist, maybe provide a quick summary or a little bit of clarity. Uh, your role in swine production and management? Sure. Uh, I think I'd be hesitant to say I have a lot of expertise, but maybe a lot of experience that kind of lends itself to different areas where I can talk about. Um, swine production and management really is from the many years I spent working with individuals in the industry and working in the industry myself. Um, almost seven years working in the industry along with my graduate degrees. And so I've raised a lot of hogs. Um, I've helped produce Lots and lots of hogs. I, I think the number is over 100,000 or more, probably. Um, and so that experience of just being familiar with that environment is like uh, and how it translates to individuals that are raising just a few pigs all the way up to hundreds of thousands and millions of animals. What about swine growth and development? Swine growth and development and swine reproductive physiology are both topics that come from my studies and my graduate degrees, as well as some of the work that I did in industry. Um, I see growth and development and reproductive physiology as intimately tied because you must understand the reproductive process and what's happening 
in utero in order to really understand how that's impacting long-term growth and development of animals. Uh, for my master's degree, the work was on prenatal muscle development uh, with a nutritional supplement to, to influence that prenatal muscle development of uh, nutritional insufficiency as well as crowding um, and impacting that animal. Reproductive physiology, much more on the how are those animals bred, but also how that reproductive animal and again nutrients are impacted of that litter long term. Uh, I focused a little more on swine reproductive physiology for my PhD growth and development for my master's degree. So speaking about reproductive physiology, can you touch on that a little bit? Sure. Uh, so the reproductive physiology uh, for my PhD, we conducted a, a guilt study. So 600 plus gilts were enrolled in a nutrient study. We looked at the impacts of arginine, um, which has a little bit of a controversial perspective in the swine industry of whether or not it's helpful. Uh, and so we fed it at different stages of gestation to these gilts that were in commercial production. And we looked at their reproductive performance. Um, we didn't see any major reproductive performance ramifications from feeding that nutrient. So we didn't see any differences in litter size, uh, but we did see some differences in the piglet growth and development. Um, and we saw some trends for mortality long-term. So from our perspective, that swine reproductive physiology, maybe it wasn't an immediate impact, but those piglets that serve a little bit better have a longer-term impact on that sow. Maybe that sow is over the long term, more productive for the company. Um, so those are some things that that research touched on and it needs a little bit more investigation in. And a big, big thing now is farm biosecurity and then disease response preparedness. Sure. Uh, since I came to Penn State, I started at Penn State in June of 2018. And of August of that year is when China broke with African swine fever. And that has colored the conversation of the swine industry for years now. Um, very quickly, because I came into a state that didn't have swine education leadership for some time, uh, I was asked to participate in a lot of the disease preparedness conversations, help uh, help build that information, work with my colleagues and experts out here to get that information available to swine producers. Um, so there is a, a heavy tone to my program out here at Penn State in building that biosecurity and disease response education. Not that the information isn't out there. Uh, the Secure Pork Supply Program is very useful. Um, materials put out by the National Pork Board, by USDA, are all incredibly useful resources, but it's getting it, getting it in a format that farmers will utilize readily and that they'll understand, again, regardless of the size of their operation. So I know when you joined me today, you talked about uh, something was going on at Penn State. There's a new pigs in a new barn. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. Uh, again, it's not a new barn. It's a facility that's been around a little while. It's just been underutilized. Um, so here at Penn State, again, the situation is a little bit unique because we have to share resources out here pretty commonly. Uh, and one of those resources is the Livestock Evaluation Center. This is a building that's owned by the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture uh, and is located about 20 minutes from Penn State's main campus. Uh, this facility for years has housed cattle for uh, bull genetic testing, as well as some uh, feedlot studies with Dr. Tara Felix. Um, they also have a swine wing and that swine wing was utilized pretty heavily for boars, boar genetic testing for a while, um, but they chose to disband that given biosecurity and health data. And that facility sat vacant for some time. 
since I've been at Penn State, we've invested just a little bit of, uh, of money into the facility to upgrade the resources that are there, some of the equipment uh, to upgrade the biosecurity of the facility. Um, and as of last summer, we have worked with uh, the American Berkshire Association to conduct a progeny test there, um, as well as some private individuals to uh, work on some specific studies for their use uh, and for advancement of our understanding of nutrition and health uh, for the swine industry. Uh, we're just wrapping up a nursery study this week. Uh, so that's been a pretty intensive winter break project for us. So we'll stay tuned for the results on that. Mm -hmm. Do you have a mentor? So working out here at Penn State, I don't think I'd say I have a specific mentor here on campus. We all are very even though there's not a huge swine program here at Penn State, I find myself learning a lot from my dairy colleagues. Um, I think over the years, we all gather different mentors at different stages in our life. Um, Jason Ross was my PhD mentor and had a huge impact on my decision to coming uh, to coming to Penn State as a faculty member. Uh, he's now the department head at uh, Iowa State Animal Science. Um, Noel Williams at Iowa Select Farms. Uh, I worked closely with him when he started there, uh, and he had a huge impact on the trajectory of my career, as well as Alan Wiley, who was their finishing supervisor at the time. Um, Jessica Starkey was my master's uh, advisor. She also influenced my understanding of research, and you know how that can take me in different directions. Like most students, I wanted to go to vet school for a while and then learned that there are other opportunities. I'd say one of my biggest mentors is uh, Dr. Diamond. He was the dean at Delaware Valley uh, College when I was there, and uh, Crystal Grosbeck, who now works for the FDA. Both of them had a pretty major influence on shifting me towards the swine industry while I was at DelVal. So another big topic for you is workforce development. Tell me why. So workforce development uh, has been an issue in the swine industry for some time. Uh, I think it's gotten a lot more, particularly with the uh, exacerbation of the issue because of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, but it's definitely been an issue for some time. Um, out here at Penn State, again, it's been mentioned swine industry, but 12th in the nation, that's pretty dang good given the, uh, given the pressures that we have out here for land and space, that type of thing. thing that Penn State does have is there's access to people and a lot of people. Um, and the other thing that I've learned out here is that really the industry, much like where I grew up, there's a lot of variation in what people consider the industry out here. There's whole groups of individuals that are raising smaller numbers of hogs and making a good living out of it. And they really just want to learn how to be a good producer. How can they grow? Um, and so I think that that understanding that there's a lot of people out here that want to work, a, that want to work with pigs and want to understand agriculture. I'm trying to harness that and help them understand the different resources that are available, uh, different aspects of the industry they can participate in, and then train all of the students that we have available into better understanding pigs. So what about a little bit of history at Penn State and swine research? Yeah, uh, I had this conversation very recently with the Penn State Stockman's Club. Um, they asked me to come speak at their annual banquet just to give them a, 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 an overview of how the program's going. 
Um, and I reached back into the archives and, you know, Penn State really had a, a hand in helping advance the industry forward. But this was this was a while ago is what I should say. Um, research from the 1930s and the 1940s looked at things like grind size for for corn and feed and how that improved efficiency. I mean, by and large, that is key industry. If we hadn't improved feed efficiency at that stage, the industry wouldn't have gone anywhere. Getting those pigs to eat better, grow faster is, is huge. Uh, I would say that there was a gap. Um, I had my first master's student go to the Midwest Animal Science meeting. 20, or no, it was 2019, I think. Um, she put a poster up and she was doing a great job presenting her work. And I had a few individuals stop by and say to her, Penn State has pigs? That's shocking. Um, really, Penn State has had a, a facility and a swine farm in the herd. Uh, they raise around 2,000 pigs every year and sell them locally. And they are used in some of the research that I do. They're used for livestock evaluation and teaching. And that resource has been there for decades. Uh, and I think that 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 perception that Penn State doesn't even have pigs is part of the the concern here. Penn State had a history in it. There's been a gap. They'll admit that. Um, I'm here to try and bring that back around and say, hey, it's a great resource. This is a great school. There's a ton of students that are interested in animals here. We want to show them that swine is something they can work with. It all starts like with you reinvigorating it, building a culture, putting the resources out there. So where are you going from here? What's the vision? the ideal vision. Yeah, my vision uh, for the program is really just to expand its reach for students and show them again, you can work with these pigs. Um, so the workforce development uh, component is is kind of flavoring my program is what I would say. Uh, like I said, lots of students. Uh, something that we do out here, I have some ongoing research with the farm, again, the size of production of that herd as well as understanding some of those growth and development aspects, uh, we have a what we call a swine research team. Tools who really just want to learn about research, want to learn about pigs and get their hands on some animals. And so I have a group of about 86 students a semester that help weigh piglets every time we have a litter of piglets. Um, and they help record that information and they help me log it so that we can track growth the, of those piglets based on uh, semen that the those different sows so that we can continue to improve our herd. Uh, it helps me make decisions for when I'm uh, setting up research, which animals I should include if I did. Um, and it also helps me whenever I do have a research project, I have trained students to pull from. Um, so I said about 86 a semester. It's fluctuated. It's gone up and down a little, but we have a, a roster from when we've started this in 2019 of about 150 students long. So students that have come into and out of the program. Uh, I pulled it's from that program. And even the study I reference now is with commercial pigs. Uh, and I have two of those students that were working to weigh pigs and they stepped up to work on this nursery study with commercial pigs, and they have done a fantastic job. Uh, and they are still so excited to work with pigs. And I think the big thing is, is these are individuals that didn't come in wanting to work with pigs. They came in wanting to work with cats and dogs. They want to go to vet school. They want to do research. They don't know anything about pigs. And once they get 
lot of opportunities open to them there. Uh, and so they want to learn more and they want to step up and show that they can do the work. Um, it's still pretty young. It's hard to convince people when they come in with an idea and a goal that they should change their track. But I have had a lot of students work with me and gain swine experience that wasn't there before. And I think it's really only a matter of time before we start seeing a wave into the swine industry of these individuals that they didn't grow up on farms. They didn't have pigs, but they're interested in working with them now. Keep up the good work, Elizabeth. And Thank you. Thank you for joining us on In Swineversation.